Hello, 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 and welcome back to a surprise episode of With Love and Butter, a chef's podcast on dating and relationships and all the food and drinks that get us through it. I'm your host, Courtney Fudge. I'm a chef, a mixologist, a cookbook author. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Former corporate marketing baddie, culinary producer, uh, formerly single girly of two and some change years, who is now happily in a relationship. And um, she's also relocating. And that's what we're going to be getting into today. So today's episode is a bonus slash secret episode for a lot of reasons. Uh, The main one being that um, I'm moving to Atlanta with my partner, the love of my life. And um, I'm I'm from Atlanta originally, but that means that I am leaving the city of Charlotte where I've been for the last year almost a year and a half. Feels like longer. It's actually shorter. It's also a weird, complicated thing. We're going to get into that as well. Um, And yeah, we're just going to be unpacking some of the thoughts and feelings that I have um, on the last days in this apartment. Um, So let's go ahead and get into the tea. But before we do that, this episode is not laid out the way that previous episodes have been, again, because it's a bonus episode. And I really just wanted to kind of hop back in here and do what I know I do for me so well as I process what's happening in my life, which is give it language and take that language. And in order to make those feelings final, but also open to a revisit, it requires me bringing it here, right? Um, I think that something that people might not realize is that with Love and Butter has been a processing channel for me. And a lot of the things that I've experienced in my life, a lot of the things that I've experienced in love um, have found a really soft and happy place to land here amongst the pod. And it's been a really enjoyable experience to sort of bring these things here for myself and then get to share them with you all. And so I wanted to be able to sort of process this crazy life change that is happening because I know y'all know. I know you know uh, because y'all were on my ass about it. Hey, Courtney, girl, where is don't ask that the podcast like where are you right like you said you'd be back at the end of the summer it is more or less the end of the summer but this is not me picking up season two this is me adding an addendum to season one because the last time y'all heard from me there was just a man right like a man just kind of came up out of the wild uh out of the blue in a very interesting sort of way shortly after i recorded the new year's eve or um new year's wrapped episode last year Um, and dropped it on January 1. And so what has ended up happening has been a really wonderful, slightly insane, ordained series of events. Um, It's been a really enjoyable experience. And it's also kept me quieter in public spaces while I do the work of thinking out loud in my private life. Um, And so you know, let's just go ahead and get into the tea. We'll do a quick little recap. Um, I also opened up um, my Instagram um, DMs yesterday for questions um, about this move. I've been very vocal about the move over on my other platforms and realized y'all had not gotten an update. And also, I just wanted to do something before like I leave this space. I am looking around right now in my apartment and y'all, there's nothing on the walls. This is the last wall. I left it up on purpose so that I could do this recording um, and and still feel like there was a sense of time and place um, to to this space and to this recording. So um, let's go ahead and get into all the things. Like I said, this is not like a formal sort of episode. It doesn't follow the same structure, but you know I would not be me without a drink. And so today, this doesn't really have a name. 
or maybe it does maybe I'll think of I, I think I think that there is one here but this is one of my favorite cocktail uh, combinations combination shout out to Drake um, and this is mezcal Campari a little bit of pineapple juice um, for move also so think like mezcal Negroni but with a little bit of with a little bit of pineapple in it. It's really very delightful and it makes for very easy sipping. Um, and there's also a little splash of bourbon in it because I love a Boulevardier. Um, and I just like the combination of mezcal and bourbon together. So it sounds like there's a lot going on in here, but it's a really delicious drink. And I think that we are going to call this cocktail bittersweet. Ooh, okay, so cheers to going. Cheers to acknowledging that that means leaving. And cheers to returning as well. <clears throat> Ooh. She is... <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. I would also just like to note you all that I, I have a box here of Puffs Plus. This isn't sponsored, but Puffs, if you if you see this, I really just want to shout you out because I have cried so much over the last like month just in the process of all of the things. I had also been fighting a little bit of a cold and you can probably still hear the residual of that cold. You know what I mean? She's been having a hard time. But while I've been in the processes of this and uh, the the next phases of my life, Puffs has really been holding me down because you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't streak my makeup. And um, I really appreciate that. Like it doesn't leave like their little fibers on my makeup when I'm dabbing away tears. Puffs is really for the lover girls. Puffs is for the soft life era. Truly. Truly. Okay. So um, I've got my tissues on standby. I've got my drink on standby. I am armed with uh, love and loving feelings and I'm ready to go ahead and get into the tea. So, well, actually, I think I just need like one more, one more drink. Oh, you guys, here's the thing. Many of y'all know that I pre-write the majority of what I'm going to say during these episodes, okay? It's very rare for me to go into an episode writing completely unscripted. Um, even when I'm doing my questions and answers right like there's just there's always an element that is written so that I can stay on focus and it helps my ADHD it prevents these things from becoming two hour and 30 minute long episodes they would just get really really long and I think quite intense if I didn't have a, a script so to speak to literally stick to um and so today we don't have one right because this was a very like off the cuff I decided yesterday morning that I was going to be doing a podcast episode surrounding um, my move from Charlotte into Atlanta and so you know it's just it's it's all just gonna kind of be off the cuff um, but I want to backtrack a little bit to tell you a little bit more about the love story um, of me and B who we are continuing to call B um, many of y'all have met him in real life you know my man you know his real name I just don't really feel the need to like broadcast his name everywhere right um, it's not a secret. He's been hard launched now everywhere, but I also, y'all can be really strange and nosy sometimes. And so I just, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm sparing us both. Um, but B and I, <clears throat> B and I, um, met 
last year at Afrotech, um, so last November, I'd actually recorded a podcast episode like literally the morning that I was leaving to get ready to go to Afrotech. And um, we met there on the conference floor. It was a brief, very cute little interaction, but there, there wasn't much to it, right? Like at that time, um, that was not the stage at which we started dating. It was months later in February when I ran into him on Hinge and we reconnected. Um, and there was like, I think a lot of excitement there. We had a date like literally two days after we reconnected on Hinge. Um, and it was the one time that I was coming into Atlanta. He was in Atlanta for, um, for home things and then was flying up to New York for work. And it just kind of happened that our paths overlapped, um, at exactly the right time for us to be able to go on this date together. What was, I imagined it going to be like a one and a half hour long date ended up being a four hour long date and we have been together pretty much every day since um, even when I was coming back to Charlotte right like I left Atlanta because I came down for work um, at a job that I'm now no longer with which I also we gosh y'all okay season two is gonna be full of stuff and we're gonna get into all of those things but for now let's keep me on focus you know I got the ADHD so um, we, uh, went on this date, right? And then, uh, he was in New York and then I am back here in Charlotte now. My work event was over. Um, and we essentially start our dating process, like immediately after that first date. Um, we became exclusive, like within that time where we were waiting on me to come back down to Atlanta, which was then in March, in March, in March, me and this man make things official. Okay. And from that moment on, we've been planning for a life together and uh, life things started moving what feels like very quickly, but we've done a lot. I met his parents within a week of um, my coming back to Atlanta like that second time. So the first date is in February. The second date is when after a month of like constant communication, I come back down. A week after that, I'm meeting his family. A month after that, he is coming here to Charlotte to meet my family, right? He's met everybody. Um, except for my biological dad, like my stepdad, I also call my dad, but he hasn't physically met my dad yet, but my dad's been also in a transition space in his life and he's moved about the cabin and all sorts of things. So the timing just hasn't worked out yet, but they're in communication. They talk. My father is obsessed with him. Um, and it's a really cool thing. Right. And so all of these things are happening, right? Like at the same time. And we are trying our level best, our damnedest to figure out what long distance between Charlotte and Atlanta looks like. So he's coming up here and spending weeks at a time with me and Charlotte. I am going down to Atlanta and spending weeks at a time with him there. And Atlanta is my hometown. Um, it's where I'm from, you know what I mean? Like I've kind of grown up all over Atlanta, the most notably pockets in like Kennesaw and Bankhead, right? So just like pew, pew, like she's a Cobb County girl, she's a Fulton County girly. Um, and it never gave not doing bowls. Right. So she's really just been living in the, in the middle of all of these things. But Atlanta is home for me. And all of these other factors were kind of playing in. It was I'd left my corporate work in May. And so um, was going full time into entrepreneurship in a very like specific sort of way. Um, one where I've been building the brand of with love and butter for the last several months um, and was hosting events and starting to throw cocktail parties and was really gathering the community in like deep space. And all of this was accelerating under a timeline in which it was not even May yet. 
And like so much shifting had kind of occurred. And because of that, in our relationship, it was also occurring, right? So now we're kind of on this accelerated timeline. And um, at some point, and I'm not really sure when we decided this, but I think it was in late April, I think early May, we decided that we were going to move in together. Now, it was a series of two things, right? Or it was a combination, rather, of two things. One was the recognition that being apart from each other was as much of a time suck as like any other unpleasant thing we didn't want to do, right? Like being apart was requiring logistical labor, right? The actual travel back and forth to get to one another. Um, and we're obviously spending money, right? In order to be able to do that. And in this economy, who wants to do that, right? Like we just don't, we just did not want to continue to manage all of the logistics of having to do this back and forth for extended periods of time, right? So that's piece number one. But I think that that is the least important of the pieces because the more important piece here is that we decided to step into a loving space with one another together so that we could spend more time together, so that we could work toward marriage, so that we could like be very intentional about the ways that we wanted to spend time, build a family, build a life. We were building a life together, but in two separate cities, it was just becoming a lot more difficult. And so we felt like the thing that we could do um, that was completely within our control was to plan to share a space in a deep and permanent sort of way. And so that's what we've been working toward pretty much since the month of May. Um, so we started the process of looking for places, looking around Atlanta. Um, Charlotte was never really much of a consideration for us to live for a lot of reasons, which we'll get into when we do this Q&A at the end of the episode, or not at the end of the episode, but like halfway through the epi, because I never saw myself in Charlotte in the long term, right? I came to Charlotte to spend time kind of regathering myself after after my time in Jersey and working in New York had kind of taken the life out of me. And I came back home to be re-loved, re right, by my mom. I came back home to be remothered. I came back home to find some peace. I came back home to 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 get a sense of self again, right? Like I think that there were just pieces of me that I lost in the fire of of going and I wanted her back. And I also had a lot of hopes I hadn't been able to name yet when I moved down here to Charlotte. And so I really just wanted the space to be a new person, right? Um, Atlanta is where I'm from and it did make sense because I do have roots there to go to Atlanta. If we were looking at another city, I'm not sure that it would have made a bunch of sense right now to be trying to make such a big move for the both of us, but both of us have roots in Atlanta. And so it does make sense. Um, and so essentially that's what we had decided to do. We started that process. We do the things, we look at the places, we find a realtor, we, we, we did all the things. And then finally we are in this space. So B has moved in ahead of me to this space. I was there for the move in. Um, we got the keys, we did the things. It's been such a wonderful and like really lovely experience. And it requires a lot of transparency and a lot of intention and a lot of openness um, in a way that I think neither of us could have anticipated six months ago we would be doing right now, right? I also am so excited about it. And it feels sometimes so crazy to say like, six months really isn't a lot in the grand scheme of time, right? 
but also for how instantaneous our connection was and quite frankly how ordained it feels because what we haven't talked about here were all of the other paths that B and I had to each other but they were there and they were plentiful right they are there and they are plentiful and so the getting to this space of trusting each other enough to be intentional about moving in like this isn't a financial decision this isn't like one of those oh yeah you know i'm trying to save money the economy's hard i just quit my job what you're trying to do it's not like that and it wasn't ever like that it was like i want you here and when he said that to me i had a really hard time kind of processing that now because y'all we have talked about uh my previous relationships before then you know that i sort of struggled with this concept of being wanted and wanted out loud and being wanted overtly and then here is this person who loves me so much i can literally see it on his face and when he says he wants me here which means atlanta i trust him and when he says i want you here and i want you around and and we're building a life and i know what that means when i say yes i'm trusting me and it feels like such an interesting, it's such a new dynamic, you guys. Like sometimes I really just like sit and I marvel at the fact that like this is what's going on in my life right now because I didn't have the language to know what to hope for when I found him and when he found me. Like I didn't have that language in full. I had a lot of hopes and they didn't have words. And, you know, and I wasn't sure what sort of partnership I might ever get to based on the sort of partnerships I'd been in. And I'm learning so much like about myself and about what it truly means to be partnered and, and to be a teammate with someone and to show up in a vulnerability and an intimacy and a deep care and all of these things. And I know y'all didn't really like plan on hearing me just kind of like ramble about this off into the ether. So I, I get it right if this feels kind of unstructured and long, but I also really just wanted to contextualize like this has been really a hell of a process in the most wonderful way as possible and also in the most self-aware ways possible in ways that I didn't really think that I had right like I thought I, I thought I was a pretty self-aware girly like she's a little delusional but like it's fun but like it's charming right like I thought that like I could just kind of move through the world with like with a sense of emotion that is backed by logic and that that would be enough for me to manage my most vulnerable caretaking of myself and others. And I have learned over and over again in the space of this relationship that that is simply not enough. Right? It does not just require an awareness of the self. It requires self-accountability. It requires the desire to be accountable to and with somebody else. And baby, let me tell you what. It's hard. It is hard. And it is also rewarding. And it is also lovely. And it's not hard in the sense that when people talk about hard, they're they're like, oh, yeah, my partner, you know, he, he be cheating a little bit, but I love him. I'm going to sit beside him. Relationships are hard. No, baby, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I mean hard like it requires you to take a magnifying glass to your chest, right? And really identify some things and let the sun shine some light on some things that you had no intentions of ever talking about with maybe anybody. Um, and undoing shame and being vulnerable on purpose and not backing away when you're being vulnerable by accident because that's also a very scary thing. I have found myself compulsorily sharing things with this man that I didn't think would ever come out of my mouth. 
things I thought were just like limited to the deep recesses of my brain that I still could not put language to. And he brought those out because he made me feel safe to bring them out. And so when I thought about living with him, it was a no brainer. Now, initially, because <laughs> I think this is, it's kind of funny when we're talking about it from like the, the time difference between like May and now about what kind of prompted that decision making. But at first I was like, you're getting settled back into Atlanta. I want you to have some time to like live in Atlanta alone. And, uh, we were out with friends at dinner when I had like repeated that he'd already heard me say that before, but we were with friends over dinner and, and he looked at B and was like, nah, man, like y'all are already doing all the things. It literally just does not make sense for you to do that. Like Courtney, I understand you wanting to give him the space for that, but it sounds like his mind is made up and he knows where he wants you. It's interesting, right? One of these days we'll have to unpack the ways that we reject ourselves before other people have the opportunity to, but you know, it's not this episode, not, not this one. Okay. Anyway. Um, and so something that I think has been very interesting and the reason why we're even doing this podcast episode to begin with in this apartment, when I only have two days left in it, is that to go means to leave. In order to go, you must leave. And the way that you leave a thing determines what your relationship is to the going. And so I am processing this out loud because it is the thing that I have and always have and always will give to myself. Not because anybody else is trying to keep the language from me, but because it is my gift back to me always. And it is so much fun to be able to sit here in this home that I moved into last year in August, right ahead of my birthday. And I've just had another birthday. I am now 29 and I am leaving here to go live with the love of my life and I cannot believe that I am this lucky. I cannot believe that I get to do the work of becoming further alongside him, that I have already done the work of returning to self and that I get to bring a whole full me into any new space that I occupy, whether it was going to be this one or the one in Atlanta or some other random liminal space, you know, whatever, out in the world. And it's been such a joy, right, to be able to Make a place a home. And to make a home out of yourself in the process. Which I feel like are two things that I have done here that I have not been able to achieve in any other space in my life. No other apartment that I've ever lived in before. Even my Jersey City loft, which is absolutely stunning. I just loved it. I loved it down, but it never felt like home. It never felt like home. I always felt like somebody was supposed to be in it with me. And for whatever reason, did not realize that what I was saying was that me being on my own in that space was not enough. It wasn't enough. I couldn't ever make it feel like enough. No matter how much care I gave it, no matter how much I feminized it, <laughs> no matter how much pink I splashed on the couch and the, and the walls and the paintings and the things, I could never make it feel like home because it wasn't. And if it was, then it wasn't for just me. And I came home to Charlotte 
because I'd more or less blown my life up and my car got totaled while I was down here in Charlotte and it forced me to sit and stay and look around at my life and kind of take some inventory and go, oh girl, you're not happy up there. And letting it be okay that I left behind what was making me happy in my career when there was no joy, no deep joy in my personal life. So I came back home because my mom encouraged it because there was a soft place for me to land with her. So I went back into her house and the intent was really to be there for only a, you know, actually no, the intent was to be there for a year. I was going to be at my mother's house for a year until I bought my home down here in Charlotte. At the three month mark of uh, living at my mom's, my this apartment opened up and it is formerly my stepsister's apartment. Um, I say stepsister because y'all have heard me call myself an only child, but Chanel is my sister, right? And so um, Chanel's apartment opened up because she had to leave. She had she took a job um, and, and left. And so she needed somebody to help her take this lease over. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll do it. And as immediately as I got in here, I set about the work of making this space feel like a home for me, right? This podcast found a new home here. My feelings found a new home here. Designing this place in like a smaller, more contained sort of way in which the only intent of the home was for it to feel like mine, right? Jersey City didn't have that lens. When I was supposed to, when I moved to Jersey City, it was supposed to be with a partner that I had at that time. It didn't end up working out that way, praise God. Oh my God. You know what I mean? I just, when I think about it now, I truly cannot have even imagined what sharing deep space with that person or any other person really would have looked like um, because I feel like I would have lost myself in it. I do. I do. Um, and I think that the level of involvement and for which all have heard, um, I don't even remember what, what podcast episode it was now that I talked about this in, it might've been episode 10. Um, might've been. I'm actually not entirely sure. One of in one of these uh, episodes, I talk about what my previous relationship, uh, my two previous relationships had looked like, and the impact that they had on me and my relationship to living and my space. And so, I don't think that it would have ever been um, positive for me. I think it would have been quite detrimental for me to have shared space with either, either of those people. But it was also because the space that I was sharing with me was one I didn't like. The space that I was sharing with me was not a likable space, right? And so moving in here felt like I'd given myself a clean slate. I went back home. I spent some time with my mom. She and I spent days loving on each other, pouring into each other, asking the harder questions, reestablishing our relationship. I feel like I am a stronger woman because I've had the time to spend getting remothered by the woman who is penultimate in my life. The lessons that I've learned from her, the, the, the little nuances that I've picked up, lessons I, I did not even know I needed because I left home at 16. I left for Syracuse at 16. I was 16 years old when I left for college. There was so much life I wouldn't have known was important to observe. So I went back home and I, and I got it and I got it some by accident. And then the rest of it, I was very intentional about making sure that I received. And only then did I feel like I was ready to kind of move back out into the world and reestablish myself in a, in a space, 
and then let it be okay that I was doing the ugly work of finding myself lovable again out loud. That is where the podcast came from. That is where this came from. That is where all of the things have come from. And the relationship came on the flip side of me having done the ugliest of the work. Right? Um, so, I leave in two days. I kind of can't believe it. And I am so excited. And I am, right, like, having to sit with the fact that there's some grief that I'm feeling. None of it about the decision that I've made. I feel so solid in the decision that I've made. I trust me and I trust B and I trust us to make good decisions and do good care keeping, uh, caretaking and, and um, heart keeping of each other. But I also feel like it was important for me to say goodbye to her. Like, it's the end of an era. And it wasn't always a good one, but it was a damn good one, you know? And it's so interesting to be so sentimental about something that I'm so happy about. But I truly could not have guessed that this is where my life was going to be taking me, and certainly not right now. Certainly not right now. Like, I just about recommitted myself to another year of singleness when B came up. When B showed up in my life, I was, I was like, very certain. I was like, I'm, I'm readying myself to be a husband's wife, right? Like, that's, because that's really the only sort of wife I think really anybody wants to be. If you're going to be a wife, you want to be a husband's wife, right? Like, you want to be, like, loved deeply and all of these things. And I felt that so strongly. And I was like, okay, I got some more work to do before I'm ready for that. Before I'm ready for that. And he came into my life and immediately it felt so easy to start getting ready for that. And there was already the work that I was doing for myself for that space. But it was just such an interesting sort of shift, right? It's an interesting transition. Um... Nonetheless, I came back to Charlotte after me and B moved in um, the first part of the, our things um, into the space and into our home. We have a really beautiful town home. Um, shout out to Puffs. And, uh, <laughs> and um, we... I came back so that I can, you know, gather the rest of my things from this apartment, kind of close up shop, wrap up the things, um, you know, touch up the paint, scrub the floors, get the baseboards, do all of the stuff, clean out the oven. Oh, clean out the oven. It's just, it's really just intense in there. You know, she be cooking. It's a lot going on, sisters. Um, but I came back and um, really just wanted to say my goodbyes to the people who have loved me well and loved me best say goodbye to my girlfriends um in earnest right like in a in a deep sort of way um because I'm gonna miss them so much right like we'd spent just about every week together for the last almost two years because my time back in Charlotte I'd spent multiple months in Charlotte like dirt through throughout the pandemic and all of the things so me and my girlfriends here had gotten like really really close and so 
this evening even I've got uh, dinner with two two different girlfriends um, to say my goodbyes and, and, and round out my life and love on my mom and do all of the things and my mom comes to Atlanta all the time um, so I'm not worried about where her and my relationship is going to go or like where it's going to look like I, I I'm never not gonna see Teresa you know what I mean like she's she's welcome at the house she's welcome wherever it just is what it is she is a fixture in my life I do not ever anticipate that changing I will not be able to drive the 40 minutes to go see her on a Tuesday in the middle of the workday though and I'm grieving that I'm grieving the random, hey, Ash, do you want to come over? Hey, Lauren, do you want to come over? Do you want to do a girls' night in? <sighs> you know, um, or do you want to do a girls' night out? We down to Stats, we get lemon pepper wings, we doing a little hookah. Yeah, little hook, right? Um, I am grieving my car wash membership because you know them people are not national, Right? And it's a lot of little things. It's a lot of little things. And they sound... I don't know what they sound like. They just sound like grief. But what I've learned is that not all grief is loss. Some grief is just the recognition of change. Right? Like, grief is the recognition of differences... And the adjustment to them and the missing of them. And I think that that's where I am. I'm so excited to go. And I'm also so sad to leave. Oof. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. You know, guys, so. She's diluting. The cocktail is diluting. That's wonderful for me. Listen, I've only got 37% before this laptop just dies. So <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this Q&A. I know that like this is probably the most unstructured y'all have ever heard me talk outside of my TikTok lives. I hope that this is cohesive and like easy to follow along with. I feel like mentally I'm as all over the place as the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm just feeling a lot of big feelings right now and they're all really big really big consuming mostly good ones right and then there's like the hmm, there's the that little pit of like oh I'm really gonna miss this place and you know it's gonna be a while before there's another pink room in my house <laughs> really right like that's that's a whole thing you know um and like where where does my girlhood go just got her back oh okay all right bitch we are we are persisting we are persisting wow these are so good oh we're just gonna what oh She's a dramatic girly. This Barbie's a crier. Okay, so 
let's go ahead and get into um the the tea right like i know that y'all have q's and a's and i always felt like i really wish somebody had been talking more transparently about the emotional piece of the the move-in process right and like letting it be okay that you're walking away from two lives as single people and like merging a life where you are a unit financially um you know emotionally spatially geographically like all of the things like i've been really enjoying me and b getting mail with both her names on it like i'm loving it so much it's such a blast um wedding invitations and all sorts of things are coming to us with like both of our names on it and i think that that's really cool um and every time i see it it feels like i know i've made the right decision and also i wish that i had heard more people more young women or women who are on the younger side recognize 29 is not necessarily young but it's certainly not necessarily old and i really wish that we would stop calling people above 30 old anyway we just have to everybody relax you know what i mean but anyway i wish that i was hearing more people who are making this decision kind of talk about what brought them to this sort of decision making and so that's what a lot of these questions that i have um are about so again as a reminder i opened up my instagram dms for a lot of q a and i got like 30 something questions we are not gonna do 30 something questions i'm probably gonna pick like my favorite 10 to 12 and we're just gonna like breeze on through it okay so <clears throat> um all right let's go ahead and get into this one i like this question so how does it feel to live with your significant other after living on your own um it feels like some of the mental labor of figuring out the logistics of our relationship is off our shoulders. And it feels like such a weight has been lifted. Now, I know for everybody that's going to look a little bit different. But for us, because we were like semi-long distance and by semi, I mean, we were pretty much together all the time anyway, with maybe just like a week apart here or there. But I was always in Atlanta. He was always in Charlotte. But even that, like the logistical processing that you have to do in order to figure out flights and okay well how often am I going to see you and when we're here where are we where are we staying and what are we doing and like do we have any other things we have had a lot of social gatherings going on lately lots of weddings and and parties and uh conferences and and whatnot and so it's just easier when we're flying from the same place like all of those things I think that like that is really such a benefit for the both of us who are deep, deep thinkers about a lot of things that we're constantly like brain on. So it's been really nice to have part of the thinking about our future be simplified by the fact that we just share space now. It makes the whole thing feel a lot more smooth, um, which is great. The other piece, though, is that hearing him close that garage door... is my new favorite sound i hear this man coming home and it is like the most exciting thing to happen to me in the space of a day and i didn't realize because here's what was happening essentially before is that i have been consistently shocked that i'm never annoyed i'm an only child of divorced parents i left for school when i was 16 right like i left for college at 16. I have not shared deep space with another single human being since my parents. So I have like got very specific little patterns and idiosyncrasies and things and whatnot that like I thought was going to make it pretty difficult for me to share real like deep space with a partner no matter how much I love them. 
I just figured that the only child in me would really rebel about needing to be around somebody so much. It's been such a joy to find that I love it when he comes home every single time. Um, and on the times where it catches me off guard, where I'm not paying attention and he, he just is there, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. You know what I mean? There's just a piece, I think, in my life from like not having to wonder if my partner is as excited as I am to come home to me. It's really very nice. Um, let's see. Oh, this is okay. So this is another really great question. How do you maintain your personal space and time while existing in your relationship? So this touches on the earlier piece, right? About me being an only child. I've only ever shared deep space with another adult when I was a child, right? Um, and so learning how to, I think, um, coexist with someone like there's right there's cohabitation but there's also coexistence um, and I think that we have both had to get really good at vocalizing I could just use like an hour to, to just nap right now a huge part of the type of home that we chose was uh, the layout of the space so that we could take space and time apart from each other while not feeling like um, while not feeling like it's a rejection so we picked a, a, a townhome, right, which is usually three bedrooms, something like that. Ours is three bed, three and a half bath. So it's, it's spacious, right? And there are floors and we can just go in between the floors. So we've already set up separate spaces for us to do like our, our working from our living. That was piece number one. He has his office. I have my own content studio. Those are two incredibly important things for the both of us, right? So that means when he's got something on his mind, he doesn't necessarily want to be up under me. There are other places in the house that he could be. And the same thing is true with me, right? So I feel like that's something that's really important. And I feel like because we were so intentional about trying to, I won't say like fireproof, because we really want to be apart from each other so far. But there's going to be a day where we're just deeply irritated by each other. And I wanted us to have the space to have that irritation and that desire for space without it feeling like a rejection or um, an act of rebellion to us living together because you don't always want to do all of your things in front of someone all the time anyway so we made sure that there was enough space in the home for us to be able to do those things and feel independent um, without it feeling like a slight toward the other person Oh, this, oh, I like this one. Okay. How has the move impacted your business, if at all? I really like this question because I feel like we have not formally done an update about what the hell has been going on in my career, but I quit my job, y'all, back in May. So my corporate work ended back then. Um, y'all know I had a contract as a marketing director for a food tech app, um, and I uh, let that offer or let that contract end. They at some point wanted to bring me on full time. Back in February, I told them I really want to pursue entrepreneurship full time. So I will be leaving in May. I left in May. Um, and so since then, I have been dedicated full time to entrepreneurship and content creation. By content creation, I mean writing my cookbook, um, which early enough, a Southern Girl's love letter to brunch banter and the perfectly paired cocktail is out. Um, and I will just drop a little linky, you know what I mean? Like right through here, just so you could like go and perch, right? Because um, right now it's pre-order and ebook and you can do a combination or you can do like one or either. Um, and then I think by the time other people get this episode, it'll just be like you can order the print book and you can also get the ebook, whichever one you prefer. Um, it's a really beautiful book and I don't have it in front of me because it's actually in print right now. Yeah, because I just dropped it two weeks ago on my birthday. Uh, but anyway, 
So I think the move is going to be incredible for my business. Um, there are a lot of other things that I will not be sharing just yet um, that I'm doing entrepreneurially that I think make a lot more sense for me to do in Atlanta than in Charlotte. Um, and Atlanta has been a really solid hub for me for community building and bringing the girls together and doing events um, and doing cocktail themed events and things like that. So I think Atlanta is going to be the perfect place for me to kind of sit um, I've known that for some years that if I did stay in the South, Atlanta would be where I landed, probably. It was either there or DC. And I feel like DC from a from an industry perspective is so deeply political. I wasn't interested in navigating that. Whereas Atlanta has more entertainment. And I think of a really decent amount of like creativity, right, in the culinary space, it makes sense for me to be there. So I feel really solid about the decision to move to Atlanta. Um, even in the midst of the changes that have been going on in my career. Charlotte does not make sense for the sort of work that I do. I think Charlotte has creative communities, but does not have a creative industry. And the difference between a community and an industry is really the money that circulates through it. And so I need to be where the industry is and not necessarily where the community is because I can still have that. Um, but I, I got to go where the funds are. You know what I mean? Do you feel anxiety about relinquishing part of your control over your space to live? And what has the conversation around that looked like? Well, um, I think anxiety might not be the word that I would use to describe some of what I've been feeling um, around control of the space. I think I'm very used to, again, living independently. I'm an only child. I've lived alone pretty much the entirety of my life, right? Um, and so it's very rare for me to be making decisions about my home space with someone else deeply, deeply in mind. Um, so it's a totally new thing. And I think what I'm learning is it requires even more communication. Things that are inherent to me to do to beautify a space are not necessarily inherent to my partner because he doesn't know the way that I'm thinking about this. He has come into this home and he knows that I like nice things, but most of the things in this home were pink, right? So it's not really a clear reflection of what that would look like if we were to blend this space. And so some months back, I had actually put together a Pinterest board for the both of us. Now, I know that this is about like space and not just decor, but I'm touching on decor for a little bit. Um, months ago, I started putting together our Pinterest board, right? And so it was just a place for me to sort of like collect all of my thoughts and gather um, inspiration for um, more neutral spaces that have touches of masculine and feminine and like gorgeous deep greens and, and gorgeous shades of coral and orange and like that Campari color that you know I love so much, that you know I love so much, um, and wanting to put all of those things kind of together um, so that they were uh, more easily understood like visually by B. And I felt like that was really important so that he could kind of get into my head about what sort of things I valued in design and in a living space. And so every so often we would go through said Pinterest board and I'd be like, what do you like? What don't you like? Literally at some point having to force him to sit down to do it, right? Because he's been busy. We've both been busy. We've been preparing for the logistics of a move, which by the way, y'all, is taxing. And people don't talk about that shit enough. But um, the decor piece feels a lot more frivolous in the conversation around living together. Because some people are really excited about that. Other people are just like, I'm just trying to get these details handled. We both were in a space of just trying to get the details of the living space handled so that we could move in and then figure out the decor things later. But over time, uh, we would start going through those, um, we would start going through the board um, and I'd be like, okay, well, what do you like about this? What don't you like about this, right? And then I can start to kind of like parse through 
themes for him um, about what he enjoys and then I can figure out in there where does my style one fit and then two also recognizing that I'm definitely taking the lead on on style curation in the home um, but including him and involving him in my decision making is also part of good leadership right um, and so B leads our household but I lead the tone setting and so So you have to over communicate, right, in order to build trust. And I think that that's been like very interesting. It's been easier to do than I thought it would be. I certainly still don't feel anxious about it. But I think that there is a learning curve. Like there is a, I could have a cart full of stuff online. And now, just as a gut check, I run it by him. Hey, what do you think about these things? And it's not because I need that man's approval. He's never made me feel like that. I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that. Um, but I do feel like the point of blending lives is to truly blend them. And so that means that like, oh, there's this other person that I'm, I'm gut checking with before I like uh, act on something that is going to impact the way that we're both living. Even something as little as like, do you like these bathroom mats? Which some of the minutiae, I won't bring him into. But for the early tones and like setting of the stage of it, yeah. I'm going to write it by you. You know, eventually you can tell me to stop. But I, in the meantime, I'm going to run it by you. So, yeah, but I think um, I think relinquishing, relinquish is, I think, really a choice word here. I really like this word for it, but I don't feel that. I don't feel like I'm relinquishing. I feel like we are figuring out what to align on. Um, and um, a married couple that we're friends with gave us the advice of, like, it was very casual, so I don't even know if Taylor remembers that she said this to me. But she was like, there's something that's more important than compromise and its alignment. So I don't want to be in too many situations with, with my boo where I am figuring out, like, one of us is losing, right? Like, I don't want to be in too many situations with my man where one of us is losing on something and so it is a compromise. I want to figure out what it looks like for us to both like something so that it's alignment. And I really like that word, right? So like he and I are aligning over the, the spaces in our home that make the most sense for us. For example, B is technology down, right? It makes sense. He works in tech. He is, is into all the bits and the bobs and the things and the automation and making sure that the stuff talks to each other and it'll probably do automatic blinds. That's great. I'm down at CB2 buying us a dining room table. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure that the flow of greens from one side of the main floor goes all the way to the other and then matches the wallpaper in the bathroom. That's what I do, right? And there are different things that we're going to want to prioritize on based on the things that we're passionate about. So I let him have the technology things. I don't have thoughts. I don't have any thoughts. Do what you think is best for us. Do what you think makes the most sense for you. If you're going to be the one mostly fidgeting around with the big ass TV and the 80 inch and the rah, boy, you know, I don't care. Definitely. You know what I mean? So when you watch your shooty hoops in the fall, when does when does basketball start? You know I don't know. But when you're watching your when you're watching your uh your your footballs and your shooty hoops and all the things, I want you to be able to enjoy it the way that you intended to enjoy it. I'm sure that I will also reap the benefits from that. I know that I will. When our home is beautifully designed and functional and flows, right? And it feels like the sort of house that you can step into and easily just like relax into he benefits from that we both benefit from it so I think that like the alignment has actually been very easy to do here in this space 
Um, I think the one thing, and I was talking about this earlier, is where does my deep, deep, deep girliness go? I don't actually know, right? I think that my content studio will hold some of those elements for it, right? Like he'll have his, his office space, I'll have my content studio. And I think my content studio is gonna like do some of that, but also where it sits in the house, it's still fairly visible. And so I want it to not feel like a girl cave, right? Um, I want it to feel empowered by the house, right? And like by the themes in the house and also still feel like me and also still have the occasional pop of like a soft, a soft pink um, and be an enjoyable soft place for me to land and come and do my work and feel inspired. So I think that's really what that is. But um, yeah, no, no anxiety about it. And I hope that answered the question. I feel like that was a very long way to answer that. Were you always open to living with a partner before marriage? Yes, pretty much. I was always open to it, but it had never happened before. Um, and so, yeah, I've kind of always, I have a, I have my personal philosophy about living together before marriage. And I've always felt like I want to, I've never felt like marriage was the thing that was going to keep us together if we decided living together didn't work. If living together is so terrible upon marriage, we can go to the courthouse right now, right? Like if it's, if it's like that, I never want to be in a situation where I feel forced to do something because I've signed paperwork. And I, I've always felt very strongly about that, particularly as a child of divorce. Some people do not live compatible lifestyles. They just don't. So I'd always felt like that was something that I wanted to know about my partner prior to living or prior to marriage was what do our living styles and our compatibilities look like? Now, because B and I were long distance, we were spending three, four weeks together at a time in our respective homes and hometowns every single time we saw each other. So I knew a lot about his general cohabitation patterns, right? I knew a lot about the sorts of things that he considers and cares about and does. Um, I also know that he's an incredibly tidy man who makes sure that like he's, I don't, I do not have to tell this man to take out the trash. Now that seems like the bar is in hell. However, however, women talk all the time about something called weaponized incompetence, right? And so often women fall into relationships in which their partner just does not do the things that are required for two adults to live in a space happily and successfully, right? One of the first things that I was looking out for when B and I got together um, and started spending time together in a deep way were the sorts of things that he just knew to take care of because they needed taken care of. Not because they're gendered, not because it's the trash per se, but because he was already like aware of what is required to share a space slash be in its space independently, right? Um, and so he brought those things and that energy into our like living arrangements when we were starting to look for places together. And it just became very easy to like say yes to it because I knew that I'd be coming into a space where I'd be deeply considered and where I wouldn't have to do all of the um, mental load bearing by myself. And then there were a couple of questions about um, how we are actually managing the moving in process to our space. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's kind of cool. So someone asked, the two of you have had households set up prior to the move. Did you get rid of duplicate things or did you store them? It's a great question. And I feel like on its face, it seems like a very simple question. And it is a simple question, but I feel like people don't talk about it enough. And that's why I'm going to. So um, we decided pretty early in because uh, B stuff was, a lot of it was actually in storage um, from his move down from New York. And so we had both decided like, okay, cool. You are going to move your things in first so that you can one, go through all your things. 
and then remove any things that we either have duplicates of or now that you're seeing it again you just don't like it anymore which I think was really helpful because I had time here on my lease to come back and kind of wrap things up the way that I wanted to and kind of space them out I'd already known because I was living amongst my things what I wanted to keep and what I didn't so we were very aligned very early on about what sort of things stay and what sort of things go and and all of the things and that made things very 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 easy for the both of us um but something that we had considered was um, my things coming down and some of my other pieces being in storage while we figured out what made sense in the house but we didn't end up doing it that way there's just not a need um he had considered um, us just kind of keeping a storage unit around for the first couple of months while we figure out our things and move things and I'm like honestly if there's anything that we're getting rid of it should just go right like it should just go there's no point in, in taking up space and paying for space it should just leave um so yeah, we, it was very easy for us to kind of consolidate the things. Um, and yeah, we're not storing any of the stuff though. Um, but in terms of we're both bringing things into the space. So like his couch is like my favorite thing in the world. I love, I love his couch so much. Um, it's like a joy bird, the deep, deep seated cushioned, like joy bird couch, gorgeous shade of emerald green. The moment he told me about it, I was like, yes, right? Like, of course that's coming. Because um, I wanted a green couch in our home anyway. So something like that makes a lot of sense. Um, whereas, you know, my couch here is like a denim blue. It doesn't make sense for our space. Um, you know, there are like certain beds, certain furniture pieces. Like, I just, I didn't want to bring all this stuff that had been with me for so long into um, a new space. I felt like we wanted to just like set a budget aside and then just shop for things that we knew that we would both use. And also these pieces will be investment pieces in our like first real home, like right? Like the, the home where we will have our kids and things. Like we just wanted as we just wanted new stuff and all of it to be as cohesive as possible. Now something that is coming like primarily for me is uh like decor. Fun fun little lamps and things like that they're they're coming mostly from me um but that's because I have so much of it and me and my mom are decor girls you know what I mean I've got a lot of art um I've got a lot of like lamps and um and mirrors and like really beautiful like very elaborate very expensive mirrors um and vases and all sorts of stuff so like the little accoutrements that make a home feel more thoughtfully designed and, and decorated that's really where I'm leaning in and be brought a lot more of like the function and, and like in pre-existing big furniture. Um, but we are going to continue to shop together and I'm really excited about it because I think it's such a fun process. So as I'm seeing all of these questions, I feel like there are a lot of them that are actually kind of asking very similar things, right? About the anxieties of moving in with a partner and what that means for your independence, about how to balance your space with someone. Um, about what it looks like to uh, prepare to do that moving in process, um, which is something that we, he and I together are going to unpack in season two of the podcast. So there's a question here that I really, really like, um, which is asking uh, something deeply related to the theme of today's podcast episode, which is what have you learned or taken away from each move in the past few years? Now y'all, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but there is a recurring theme, a through line for sure in each and every move that I have made. Um, so whether that was from going to um, Atlanta for the very first time, like leaving home at 16 and going away to college and setting up my first dorm room and then leaving college eventually, um, you know, after graduating and whatnot and moving into my first place 
in Jersey and then leaving there after two years and going to my loft in Jersey City and then leaving there and then coming back home, right? And then so shrinking, consolidating all of my things. And then finally moving out into my own place again, just to be moving in with a partner a year later. Um, I think the, the through line here is to take up space. I think that the through line in all of what I've learned about moving, um, about going and about leaving in every single space has been to take up space. I had found that I had had this sort of um, time-based fear around how deeply I allowed myself to invest in a living space, right? Well, I'm only gonna be here for a year. I'm only gonna be here for two years, let me not do too much, right? I'm only gonna be here for a year and then I, I might go somewhere else, so let me not overly invest. Now, I knew upon moving into this apartment here in Charlotte that I was only going to be in this apartment for a year. And I let myself get comfortable with the idea that this would be home, and I let myself do it early, right? So I think something that would happen is I'd be in a space for like six months and then be like, yeah, I'll probably be here for like another year, right? And then decide to start making those deep investments in the space. So while it was very fun for me to decorate, I wasn't necessarily hell-bent on turning a space into a home. And now I'm allowing myself to come into a space and make it home as immediately as I occupy it because I am home, right? And so I think that there's been a lot of development that I myself have just had to do with the comfort that comes with being in a new space, a new environment, and allowing it to be home to me. It's just, it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment period, right? But coming in here and saying, you know what? I'm going to commit to making this my like last bachelorette pad. And I spoke that into existence over this space. I said, like, this is the last time I'm ever one, like, living without a partner, and I knew that, right? Because it was either this is the last time I live in an apartment, and I knew that, because it was either the last time I'm living in an apartment by myself, because I was, it was, after this, it was home ownership, or I'll be moving in with a partner, and I knew that, and I spoke that about this place, and I said, so you know what, let me, like, make an homage to the last of my deep singleness the last of decisions that I get to make that are completely and only and selfishly entirely for me, right? And I felt like that window was closing. And when you talk about that window closing, it sounds like terrifying. It sounds like, um, you know, oof, like what, is, what does that mean for my independence? Will I still get to be like my own person? Yes, you do. Yeah, of course you do. And also you are now choosing to share your life with someone else. And so the things that, were previously independent are interdependent and they are you you want to stay away from codependency right but they ebb and flow between like deep independence and um, a lot more considerate independence and then sometimes true dependence um, and all of those things get to coexist in the same sort of space without any of them being subject to judgment right about like the about the good or bad of those things just being what they are you live together, you share space with someone, inevitability, inevitably, gosh, inevitably, you are going to enter an ebb and flow with them. Um, and that is what relating to people is really all about. So I feel like um, allowing myself to take up space has been the biggest lesson and takeaway that has come with every single move. 
and I'm really grateful for it. So let's go ahead and wrap this up, shall we? Um, cause I feel like I've just been chatting into the void for like ever, but there are a lot of things I think that are coming to mind for me right now as I am looking at the very, very, very empty walls of this apartment. And I am saying to myself that I am proud of me for doing the hard things, for shrinking so that I could expand, for making a home and allowing it to be home for as long as I was here and investing in that and enjoying that and hosting people in it and changing my dynamic to the way that I perform in and out of my space and letting myself relearn friendship, intimate friendship here. Um, after two years of being single, letting somebody really enter themselves into my life, right? It's the first time that I've ever truly been able to say that because I had quite decidedly not wanted anyone in my home space in the two years that I've been single, right? And so now to be making the conscious decision to share life with this man who I adore in our home where we live is really so refreshing, right? It is the hope I didn't know how to name. It is the excitement of hearing that garage door open and knowing that he is coming home to me and that I am coming home to him and I'm also at home with him and that we get to share this space and become who we're becoming together in a loving and supportive and very tender sort of way. And I really couldn't have asked for too much more. I think my imagination was smaller than what I'm on the receiving end of right now. And I'm really glad that I get to do that. I'm glad that this place, these walls, were a vessel for returning and returning home and being vulnerable and asking the hard questions and saying the quiet parts out loud and feeling ugly and reminding myself that I'm still lovable anyway. And when I say ugly, I mean the ugly work of undoing yourself and redoing yourself. And I have been in this undoing process. And for the first time ever, I feel a little bit closer to done. I feel like my cake is more than halfway baked for once. <laughs> and it is nice. And it is good. And it happened here. And I let it happen here. I let it happen here. And I'm so grateful that I did. Um, I'm going to miss my friends so much. I cried last night when I saw Ashley. And it was, I think, one of the harder goodbyes I've done in a while. Um, since my last move, when uh, I left Perry, right? And Perry was like my close proximal friend in Jersey City. We had each other. We got each other through the pandemic. We survived together. And so, um, with Ash, it's a little different because, you know, we had known each other since Syracuse days, but developed a friendship here in Charlotte. And I didn't know what the choice of sisterhood could look like until I got to my girls. Lauren and Ashley really were life-saving, um, life-changing friends and are that. And our relationship is going to change. And, and hopefully they'll come and visit in Atlanta. There's a home and a room and, a, and all the things for you guys. And 
I hope that y'all know that. You know what I mean? You raggedy bitches better come visit me. Please and thank you. And I'll be back here to Charlotte because obviously my mom is here and my curls are here. And a part of my life was here. Part of my life was here. Um, but I will not be returning to this space. And so we say goodbye. And so we say goodbye. So, you guys, thank you for joining me in this journey. Thank you for being here, for being here while I have loved myself and found my voice and found my look and my style and my approach and found some wisdom and found some silliness and some goofiness and some joy and all of the things. I mean, really, it's just been such a whirlwind of, um, of a life, <laughs> but it's especially been a whirlwind of a year. And I know for sure I couldn't be doing the things that I'm doing right now if it wasn't for the audience of you. And the community came from this space. The community came from this space. Like it was here in these walls that like I was able to articulate parts of myself that I thought I'd have to keep quiet forever. And I'm really, really grateful. Um, so cheers to you. Uh, cheers to 2083 and um, mm. cheers to the end of an era mm. oh you guys okay so gonna be a while before the podcast comes back it'll be back in like a month and some change sometime in late September um I want to allow myself some time to get settled into the move and um get my content studio and all of those things set up so that I'm able to record in a more seamless way and record the thoughts as they come to me this is not the start of season two I want to be very clear season two is just a totally different vibe altogether and season one is over Right. So this just sort of exists in a in a medial sort of space. Um, and I felt like I owed it to me to put it out here, even though it doesn't have a formal sense of belonging. Um, but I'll be back. I'll be back soon. The promise that I made to myself to let more love and more food and more joy and more strong drinks find me is a promise I am keeping. And I'm able to honor that promise in season two of the podcast. And so I thank you all for your patience with me. I thank you all for your love and your continued support of me. If you are looking for ways to continue to support baby girl in her journey of becoming an at-home girlfriend <laughs> um, slash entrepreneur, you know, you know the vibes. It never gave like not work. It just gave like work from home. Um, but buy my cookbook. Okay, yeah, you could just buy it at like CourtneyFutch.gumroad, G-U-M-R-O-A-D, 
www.ebooksandmoresbooks.com. You could buy the ebook, or you could buy the physical book, which will be signed, or you could buy a combination. Okay, so it's really up to you. It's all it's all about like what what sort of spirit you're in, and where the finances live. But either way, it's a wonderful book. It's 300 pages, you guys. It's a she's a thick girl. She's a robust little mama. Okay, um, a robust book. Um, with storytelling about me and my life and all of the things. And we'll talk about all of this in infinitely more detail in season one of, uh, or in episode one of season two. And we'll really get into all the things and I'll read the introduction to you guys and all the stuff. But hopefully that has compelled you enough because I have to go. This laptop is about to die. Um, and I have uh, to go get drinks and Mexican food with my homegirls and say goodbye. So I love you. Love you, Mina. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You, you know what I mean. You you know what I mean. Y'all have known what I meant better than just about anybody. Guys, I'll talk to you later. Bye.